check one two Alright everybody, welcome to Wednesday night service. How's everybody doing tonight? Blessed, amen, amen. No, we've all had a long day out there, but you are here and you're going to be refreshed tonight by the Spirit of God, amen. You are in the right place at the right time, alright? Praise the Lord. Well, Pastor and Mrs. Pastor, or Mom and Dad as I call them, uh, they are there. They are, uh, they flew out today to Indiana to spend some time with some of the family out there. So they're going to be gone a couple weeks because they're also going to be, uh, going to a conference with Dr. Barclay. So they're gone. And my, uh, my older bearded brother that usually leads worship is not here. They're out of town also. So praise God. Let's hear it for everybody that's out of town tonight. Yeah. All right. Fitting in those last minute. <laughs> Those last-minute summer trips, praise God. Well, we're going to go ahead and open up our service by speaking some words of faith over the United States of America. Can we stand up together tonight? Praise the Lord, because we are standing in faith, and we boldly proclaim that America is coming to Jesus. No matter what it looks like, we speak these words of faith. Amen? Let's say this together. Father, we come to you in Jesus' name and in unity, we confess that Jesus Christ is Lord over the United States of America. We declare that righteousness, mercy, justice, and judgment from you shall prevail. We declare that America will complete her God-given mission to bring the gospel of Jesus Christ to the world. We push back the darkness of Satan from this nation and call for the light of Jesus Christ to invade the media and every home, church, and school, and every town, city, and state of this great nation, the United States of America, in Jesus' name, amen. Give the Lord some praise tonight. Hallelujah. You may be seated. You may be seated. All right. A couple of quick things to go through here. First of all, we want to give, a, once again, we did this Sunday, but I think we should do it again, a great big thank you to all the men that helped us on Saturday to assemble our acoustic sound panels. We had a great group of guys. We have 68, right? 68 acoustic sound panels that will be installed on the walls very soon. And uh, we're uh, as soon as we get those up, we will be replacing the bulk of our sound system and having a brand new overhaul of the sound system in here. So you can't complain to me about the sound anymore. And you can't complain about the AC because God brought that in. Amen. So give the Lord some praise tonight. What a productive year. Cletus, this has been a good year, right? Yeah productive year for uh, the kingdom of God at High Desert Word Center, all right? Uh, we want to remind you that the online 
T-shirt challenge has been extended to Saturday, but Sunday we will announce a winner of our online T-shirt challenge. And hey, there's some, there's clearly some front runners. We've had some people do some crazy things this time around, but I encourage you to uh, get involved and have a really fun time with that. And we will announce the winner on Sunday of $17.76 plus a gold medal for their efforts. All right. So that'll be exciting. Um, Ladies, do we have any ladies here? I see you. Clearly you're here. I, I'm not making this up. You're here. Okay. So uh, uh, this is a month out, but on Friday, September 10th, uh, we're going to be kicking off the fall women's ministry uh, with um, uh, the women's meeting. So that's Friday, September 10th. 6.30 over in Victory Hall, having an Italian dinner and all this great stuff. So bring a dish to share, and I'm sure you'll get more info in the coming weeks on that. But that's going to be an exciting time. And then uh, the last thing I want to announce is that same weekend, it'll be Sunday, September 12th. We are having our missionaries, Ron and Annette Thiessen, uh from Peru and Honduras. They've got a great big ministry in both of those countries. They will be here with us for the first time ever on Sunday, September 12th. Amen. And so if some of you were here last year, um, March of last year, right, um, my dad went to Peru to teach at a, a Bible conference there. While he was there, this thing called COVID-19 hit the whole world, and my dad got stuck there for several weeks. You guys remember that? So we were trying to get him out, and uh, it took a while, but he got out of Peru. But these are the people that were taking care of him. He was staying on their property, and so we owe a great debt of gratitude to the Thesans for making sure that Pastor survived the first little bit of COVID down there and made it back home alive. So that was a very interesting experience. So anyway, they'll be here for the first time on Sunday, September 12th. Wealth, all right? So very good. Who knows what time it is now? Yes, it's happy time. Well, what in the world's happy time? God loves a cheerful giver. It is more blessed to give than to receive. So we get happy when we get a chance to give. If you need an envelope, raise your hand and the ushers will get you one. And we're going to open our Bibles to Matthew chapter six. We're going to need to uh, pump up the enthusiasm for the Word of God. This is High Desert Word Center. Word. Amen. When we go to the Bible, we get excited. So I'm going to give you one more chance to correct your, your ways. We're going to go to Matthew chapter 6 tonight. Oh, yeah. Come on. I'm feeling that, man. Right in the heart part. You got me shaking. That's good. Matthew chapter 6. We're going to look at verses 19 through 21. I'm in the NLT. Matthew chapter 6. Verses 19 through 21, Jesus said, don't store up treasures here on earth where moths eat them and rust destroys them and the government taxes them and, oh, excuse me, and where thieves break in and steal. No, what happens? Verse 20, store your treasures in heaven where moths and rust cannot destroy and thieves do not break in and steal. But look at verse 21, check this out, wherever your treasure is, there the desires of your heart will be also. Where your treasure is, there your heart shall be also. And so I, I tell you, man, it, it's obvious. You can tell where someone has a real interest, where something really has their heart. I mean, I know guys that they just love football, and so they've got no problem spending $300 on the NFL package and 
hundreds of dollars to go to games and, and hundreds of more dollars to do this and do that. And then they look at you like you're crazy when you give God 10% of your income. I'm like, hey, Jesus has done a lot more for me than a football ever did. Hey, when I had leukemia, you know, my parents laid hands on me with the word of God. They didn't lay a football on me and get me raised off of the deathbed. Thank you, Jesus. And so uh, I'm telling you, where your treasure is, there your heart will be also. And so it's no big deal for the born-again Christian to be a giver, to be a tither to the, to the house of God, to be a giver to the missionaries and to the different Christian charities. There's, hey, no big deal because that's where our heart is. And so I encourage you tonight that as you tithe and as you give and as you obey the word of God, the Lord sees your heart and he is going to bless you for your obedience. Can I get an amen tonight? Amen. All right. We're going to speak some words of faith over our giving. Can we stand up together tonight as we do this? Not so fast now. Some of you are going a little too fast for me. Let's say hey, I've had a long day. Uh, I'm kidding. Amen. And I remind you that this is not just something we do. This isn't a tradition. We put faith with everything we do because without faith, it's impossible to please God. And so as we speak these words, these are words of faith. And you can expect God to move in your finances as we do this. You know, really quick backtrack, funny story. You know, part of this talks about uh, royalties, right? And so I, you know, we always speak these words and I'm like, God, man, I need some royalties. I, I, I'm not ever, I don't get any royalties. And, and that's part of the confession. Well, it turns out back, uh, this is a quick story, I promise. Back when I was about 21, I recorded my wife sleep talking and put it on YouTube and didn't tell her, right? And so next thing I know, you know, there's people like, hey, I saw your video. And, and I had like a couple hundred thousand views on it. I'm like, wow, this is great. Well, I never knew I could get royalties on it. And then, boom, one day I get an email. Hey, you've got enough views to start getting royalties. Where can we send the check? I said, hey, I'll tell you right now. You can send it right. And so praise God. Hey, don't overlook these things. And don't sleep. Don't videotape your wife sleep talking. They, it turns out they don't like that without your permission. But anyway, praise God. Praise the Lord. All right. Let's say these words of faith together. As we bring the Lord's tithe and give offerings today, we believe we receive jobs or better jobs, promotions, raises and bonuses, benefits, sales and commissions, growth and business, settlements, estates and inheritances, interest and income, rebates and returns, checks in the mail, gifts and surprises, finding money, bills paid off, debts paid off, royalties received, blessings and increase. Thank you, Lord, for meeting all of my financial needs so I have more than enough to take good care of my family, to give generously in the kingdom of God, and promote the gospel of the Lord Jesus Christ. Amen. Let's go. Standing, and let's just come up to the altar and worship together.
let's raise our hands for a minute tonight as we're in the presence of God. Lord, we thank you that we're allowed to be in your presence. We thank you that you welcome us in to your presence. And Lord, we can say your presence is heaven to us, Lord. We thank you for that. We thank you for giving us just a glimpse of what it's going to be like when we get to be there face to face with you, Lord, and get to physically actually be in your presence, Lord. But we thank you that we can have this here on earth right now. We love you and we thank you, Father. You are so good and your mercy truly does endure forever. We thank you for that, Lord. You know, I was reading Psalm 31 uh, back in last year and I saw a revelation I had never really seen before, but, you know, we all uh, claim, you know, we all claim these these verses of protection, um, you know, about God being our shelter and our fortress and our refuge and, and all these great things that Psalm 91 and all the others talk about. And Psalm 31 verse 20 really explains what the shelter is. In fact, several verses in Psalm 31 do, but it says his shelter is his presence. And so I encourage you, if you're like, hey, I need to get into the shelter, the refuge, the fortress, then get into the presence of God. And you are in the fortress, the refuge, the shelter, the place of protection. Amen. And so thank you, Lord, that we can be in his presence. Amen. Can we give the Lord a little bit more praise tonight for that? Thank you, Jesus. He is good to us. Amen. All right, well, we're going to get into the Word tonight for a few minutes, and I want to bring some encouragement uh, to you tonight and, uh, and pump you up and, 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 and help you as you stand in faith. Because uh, is there anybody in here where you are standing in faith for something? There's something you've been praying for. There's something that you need a, a breakthrough. You need, you know, whatever the case is, you're, you're believing God for victory. Amen? Well, that takes faith. That's going to come about by faith. Faith. We fight the good fight of what? Faith. The good fight of faith. And that's the only fight that I'm guaranteed to win. There's a lot of people fighting a lot of fights, and I'm not guaranteed victory in just fighting any old fight that I get myself into, but I am guaranteed victory when I fight the good fight of faith. And so that's what we're talking about tonight. The title is this, Faith is Patient. Faith is Patient. Now, patience isn't necessarily something that most people enjoy hearing about. Uh, but the fact of the matter is this. When you begin to get the revelation from God's word of how powerful patience can be in your life, it'll change some things for you. Uh, because, you know, if you want to walk in all of God's blessings and in the best that he has for you, you're going to have to realize that not everything happens overnight. Now, praise God, some things do happen really quick. Uh, uh, I mean, hey, sometimes you get a quick miracle victory, and that is wonderful and fantastic, and I love those so much. And then sometimes you fight the good fight of faith for a little while, and you have to learn some verses to stand on. You have to build your faith muscles and, and get stronger in the Lord. But guess what? Victory comes when we do things God's way. Whether it happens instantly or whether it takes a little while, we always triumph in Christ Jesus. Amen? Always triumph in Christ Jesus. But the fact of the matter is this, that we have got to learn about patience because it's something that, uh, that the fact of the matter is, hey, it's one of the, uh, the fruits of the Spirit. We have 
patience. That's part of being a born-again Christian is having patience. And, you know, one thing I realized is that we're used to getting things very, very quickly. Have you noticed that? I mean, uh, listen, we get, you get your food really fast. You get, you know, you can go search information really, really fast. I mean, I could tell you something right now, and you could fact check me within like five seconds. I mean, seriously, we are in a fast-paced society, and we are used to quick answers. And if I were to, if we were to be fully honest, most of us get what we want a whole lot of the time. I never get what I want. That's a lie. You pretty much get what you want every day. You get the coffee you want. You get the food you want. You get to wear what you want. You pretty much go where you want to go. You watch what you want to watch. Listen, you get what you want a whole lot of the time, whether you'll admit it or not. And so that's why I think even for the modern-day Christian, sometimes we struggle in the area of patience, perhaps even more so than previous generations did. And there's a lot of great advances and and uh, wonderful advantages that we have over a lot of things. But I think that a lot of us need to work on the area of patience and say, you know, I mean, I talk to people. I don't know what's going on, man. I prayed like three days ago and still I still don't have the job. What's going on? Is God mad at me? Is God like, what are you talking about? You prayed three days ago? I mean, David ran from King Saul for like two decades, man. Shut up. Listen, it takes a minute sometimes, but you're going to have to chill out and let God do his work in your life, all right? And so we're going to break down some verses. I highly doubt that I'll get through everything I've written down tonight, but we're going to try our best, all right? So uh, let's go ahead, and I'm going to pray, and we're going to dig into the word. Father, in Jesus' name, Lord, I pray that as we open up our hearts to you tonight and open up our Bibles, that you will speak to us, Lord, show us the things that we need to see. And God, I pray that if you're trying to get our attention, if you're trying to wake us up, if you're trying to shake us up a little bit, that we're going to be obedient to listen to you tonight, God. And we want to grow and be more like you. And I know you've got answers for us tonight. If we'll listen, we love you and thank you for it. In Jesus' name, can somebody say amen? All right, well, we're going to look at a few basic things here tonight on the topic of patience, okay? So, first of all, we're going to talk about areas that you need patience in. Number one, you need patience simply in everyday life. Everyday life. And you need to realize that, that, hey, there's not a day that goes by that you are not going to need patience, especially if you're a parent, Right? That's apparent that you're, you know, anyway. And so you need, uh, thank you, Jose. You've always got my back, bro. But listen, if you need patience in, in, in raising kids and, and being married and going to work and dealing with other people in everyday life, you need patience. And if you can't be patient uh, on these little things, I don't know if you're going to be patient when you're believing God for a great big miracle. You're going to have to develop it. And, and the thing is, is that the fruits of the Spirit that, uh, that are available to us out of Galatians 5, one thing about fruit is that it grows, right? And so some people are like, hey, you know, they expect that, hey, I'm a Christian now. I'm going to see great big giant apples on the tree tomorrow of, of love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness. They're just going to, boom, be there. 
Well, you're going to start somewhere, and they're going to grow. And I can say that my patience level has grown from where it was five years ago. My love level for other people has grown from what it used to be. It's not where it started at. Uh, my my kindness is developing. Thank you, Jesus. My, uh, <laughs> you know, all these other areas, they're growing, but your patience, it's going to have to start growing even in the little things. And so let's look at a verse here, Hebrews chapter 12. Hebrews chapter 12. Amen. Praise the Lord. And I'm, we're here to help you grow tonight and to encourage you. You know, I'm really glad that God has patience. Think about that. You're like, well, it's no fair. He's asking me to be patient, and I want it now. Hey, he's been patient with you for years. Think about that. He could have gave up on you a long time ago and on me and on all of us. But he's been patient with us. Thank you, Lord, that we serve a patient and merciful God. And if God's been patient and merciful to you, you should be patient and merciful to others. But that's a different sermon for a different day. Hebrews 12, and we're going to look here at verse 1 in the King James. It says this, Wherefore, seeing we also are compassed about with so great a cloud of witnesses, let us lay aside every weight and the sin which does so easily beset us. Look at this. And let us run with patience the race that is set before us. Let us run with patience not with let us run in a great big hurry. No, let us run with patience the race that is set before your husband because he needs it. No, let us, the, for the race that is set before your boss, your wife, your, no, the race that is set before us. Listen, you're responsible for your race. I'll be responsible for my race. And how about we all run the race that's set before us like the Bible says to do. And I think too many times we don't run our race properly or we grow impatient with things in life because you're focused on your husband's race or your wife's race or your kids or your pastor or your friend or whoever. You're too focused on them and not focused on where you need to be. And, you know, that may sound like a silly thing, but that's the absolute truth. And one thing that as my kids get older, one thing I'm finding out that I don't particularly appreciate is when you tell your kids to do something like, hey, you're supposed to take out the trash. Yeah, but my sister was supposed to uh, clean the dishes. So what about that? Well, <laughs> I'll deal with her when I want to. But I'm talking to you right now. What about what you were told to do by the father? What about that? And sometimes adult Christians are like, I know God told me this, but I tell you what, my sister over there, there's no way she's doing what she's supposed to be doing. Let the father get to that when he gets to it. How about you run your race and keep your mouth shut? What, what about that? How about that? You know? And, I, and I'm just saying, you're tripping up in your race. You need to, what do they say, stay in your lane. Because if you're just focused on the lane beside you, you're a wreck. You are all over the place. And then you blame everybody else when in all actuality, if you were looking where you were going, none of this would have happened. All right? I'm just throwing that out there. Take that and do with it what you want to do. But, hey, listen, that's all right preaching. That's pretty good. You need to listen to that right there, okay? All right? And so, listen, again, how do we run the race that's set before us? With patience. Is 
your faith life, is your race in the kingdom of God a, uh, a sprint? No, it's not. It's a marathon, right? And you're going to be in this thing for the long haul. If you're doing this thing right, listen, you're still going to be running your race 20 years from now, 30 years from now, 40 years from now, 50 years. Until you get to heaven, you will not have arrived yet until you get to heaven. Then you've arrived. But there's no point in time. I mean, if you reach a place in your faith walk and in, and in your Christian life where you're like, you know what? I believe that I've arrived. I think that I'm, I'm there now. I've, I've got it together. I, I'm good. There's, I've reached the pinnacle of Christian success. Uh, there's no higher level to go in God than where I'm at right now. That's not a very good spot to be in. I mean, listen, we are never going to reach the, the top level of our faith and of our Christian life and of the presence of God until you get to heaven. There's always a higher level. There is always a higher level until you get to heaven, and it's going to take patience to stay in the race. And if there's one attribute that I can admire about any Christian, it's somebody that is simply a stable Christian and sticks with Jesus for the whole distance. You know, I don't care if, you know, at one point, uh, you know, you— you had a, a, a Facebook page that would reach 10 million people a week. But then next year, if you're not even serving the Lord, that's that's not a very good, you know, uh, what can you do with that? But I'm talking about, hey, you've been serving the Lord for 20, 30 years. You raised those kids in the ways of God. And you may not be famous and everybody may not know your name. But guess what? God knows your name and you stuck with him. You kept your word to him. You, he said, I'd never leave you or forsake you. And you said, right back at you, Jesus, I'll never leave you and I'll never forsake you. And somebody that keeps that word to the Lord, that is a hero and somebody to admire in my book. I'll take people like that all day, every day. And I want you to look here at Hebrews chapter 6. Hebrews chapter 6. And you know, growing up in church and being around it for a very long time now, I've seen a lot of people that, man, they come in the doors and they start out loud. They start out with a bang. And then, you know, three months from now, like, hey, whatever happened to them? Who knows? I mean, they got distracted. Something didn't go their way. And now, they, you know, they're just out there doing whatever. And that's not a sign of, you know, me passing judgment. But that's just saying it's not always the people that make the most noise that are doing the most for God. Sometimes it's those quiet praying grandmas. Sometimes it's that dad that's that's raising his kids and reading his Bible and doing his best for Jesus. Amen. Hebrews chapter 6. And we're going to look here at uh, verses 11 and 12, Hebrews 6, 11 and 12 in the New King James. It says, and we desire that each one of you show the same diligence. I love that word diligence to the full assurance of hope until the end. Look at verse 12, that you do not become sluggish, but what? Imitate those who through faith and patience inherit the promises. That's a powerful verse right there. Faith and patience inherit the promises. You need to realize how much faith and patience work together for you to inherit the promises of God. 
Well, what are the promises? You need to know what your promises are. You better read that New Testament. You better read some of the, even Deuteronomy 28. You need to know what your promises are. Because I found out that most Christians have a lot of things that belong to them in their covenant, and they have no idea what belongs to them. And I'm telling you right now, in 2021 and 2022 and in the days ahead, you need to know what God says belongs to you because you're going to need that stuff when, you know, the next wave of crazy shows up. Everyone's like, well, we made it through that one. Hey, guess what? I read Matthew 24. There's more to come, buddy. (laughs) I read Luke 20. There is more to come, friends, and I don't mean to rain on your parade, but guess what? We don't even have to be afraid of any of that if you know what belongs to you, if you know that you have protection promised to you, if you know that uh, his angels surround and protect you everywhere you go, then you don't have to be afraid like everybody else does, but you need to know what belongs to you. And then on top of that, it takes faith and patience to inherit the promises of God. And I've seen so many Christians that have tons of potential, but they don't have the faith and the patience to live the consistent Christian life. And, you know, again, not being mean, not, you know, whatever, but listen, there's so much potential there. God puts so much ability there, so many gifts that he wants to use through some people, but they don't have the patience to stick with it. God put great things on the inside of you here tonight. I I, I don't see that. I don't know. He did. God put great things, gifts on the inside of you that he wants to use for the kingdom of God, that he wants to use to save and disciple people in the end times. And they're not going to get used if you just give up and throw a fit every time things don't go your way. Well, I wanted that, and I didn't get it, and, and, and how come she got it? And uh, uh, uh. Don't do that. Don't be like that. Listen, faith and patience inherit the promises of God. You'll get what God's promised to you. But one thing that I've learned is this. What if God gave you your full blessing and your full promised land right now, where you're at with your maturity level right now? Well, I think if God gave you the fullness of the blessing right now, most of us, me included, would not be mature enough to handle it, right? I mean, think about this. For instance, you see a lot of these athletes, uh, you know, that they maybe never had money growing up, then all of a sudden they're in the NBA and they get $100 million. And that same guy that, you know, I think of a few guys I knew of that made uh, over $100 million in a 10-year period, and now they've got nothing, nothing. I mean, they're bankrupt and and got nothing. Why? Well, they got a ton of money, but they weren't mature enough to handle it. And sometimes people are like, tell you what would solve my problem. Money, that fixed my problem. Maturity would probably fix your problem. Thank you. Signing off for tonight. Come on, Chuck. You got that, right? Listen, that's a heavy revy for somebody. Listen, hey, maturity would fix a whole lot of the problems that we think that money would fix, that more friends would fix, that entertainment would fix, that moving out of Barstow would fix. I'll bet if you were mature, guess what? It would fix a whole lot of the problems if you had faith and patience. And so, if God gave you the fullness of the blessing right now and everything that he wants to do, you, you probably wouldn't be mature enough to handle it, and I know you wouldn't be mature enough to appreciate what God's given you. And so God's a good parent. He's a good father. 
No doubt about it. He's a better one than any of us in here. And a good parent, they want you to know how to appreciate some things. And going back to the faith thing, when we have to stand in faith for some things, I have found out, at least for me, it's caused me to appreciate that answer to prayer sometimes when it didn't just happen instantly. Now, thank God for the times it does, but sometimes when you just get everything instantly handed to you, you don't really fully appreciate it like you should sometimes. And one thing that I have observed also is oftentimes when someone's brand new Christian, they're just into it. I mean, they seem to get answers to prayer like crazy. I see this all the time. Like, man, I've seen newborn Christians just get tons of incredible prayers answered. And usually, you know, they're kind of piggybacking off of somebody else's faith. And, man, if I could just get pastor to pray or if I could just get Maxine or Betty, then I know I'd have it then. And, and, And really they're kind of piggybacking off of some. And God honors that for a little while. But then you get to a place in your growth where he's really expecting you to grow your own faith and use it too. And then what I often see is those same people are like, man, I don't get it. It's like everything just used to come instantly. Everything I prayed just instantly happened. And now, well, what's going on? God is giving you the golden opportunity to grow, to use your faith, to find some verses for yourself and learn them and quote them and stand on them and to grow your faith. And, 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 and get this thing, man, and, and get the victory and climb that mountain yourself. It's great when it happens quick, but sometimes you're just like, oh, sweet, thank you. But when you stood in faith, you fought the good fight of faith, you prayed, you confessed the word, you, you pushed doubt out of the way when it tried to creep in, when you really grew through that thing and the answer came, you appreciate it so much. Parents, there's things that maybe you took for granted when your parents just bought it for you, right? I mean, hey, new shoes, they was cool back then, but like, you know, whatever. Now I really appreciate some new shoes, right, when I'm paying for it. <laughs> when I when I, I appreciate my house now that I'm paying the mortgage. I didn't care back then when I was a kid. We'd do dumb things. I'd draw, I'd draw on the wall with crowns, and I simply didn't care. But now if someone draws on my wall with crowns, someone's getting choke slammed. Come on, somebody. No, I'm kidding. I am not that, I'm not, I'm good, I'm good. I don't abuse, but it's, it's, it's a joke. It's a little thing we do, right, you know, yeah. So anyway, but what I'm saying is you appreciate things as you mature and you get older and you actually had a part to play in that process. And so I can say that I am glad now that there's some things that God didn't give me instantly. I'm glad there's some things that he made me wait a little bit on. I'm glad that he didn't uh, just put me where I'm at right now when I was 20 or when I was 21. I'm glad that he's made me wait and grow on some things and, and through faith and patience begin to inherit the promises of God. And so we need faith and patience simply in everyday life for everything we do. But number two, I'm going to say this. You need faith and patience in trials, in the difficult situations, because we have storms come to us, no matter how far along we get, you know, sometimes we're like, man, if I could just get to this stage, no more trouble. No, man, trouble always tries to come, but thank God, the more you grow, the more you, the better you learn how to fight against it, the better you learn how to stand in faith and secure the victory, right? 
And so let's look at this, James chapter 1, James chapter 1. You still glad you came tonight? All right. James chapter 1, and we're going to look at verses 2 through 4. James chapter 1, verses 2 through 4. And so we're talking about how we need faith and patience even in the midst of trials in our life. That is not the time to give up. That is not the time to throw in the towel. That's the time to stand your ground. James 1, verse 2, my brethren, count it all joy when you fall into various trials. Man, I can, I counted it bad luck. <laughs> no, count it all joy when you fall into various trials, knowing that the testing of your faith produces patience. There's that word again. And it's in the same sentence as faith, just like in the previous chapters we looked at. So you know that the testing of your faith, it produces patience. But let patience have its perfect work, that you may be perfect and complete, lacking nothing. What does perfect mean? Well, that means mature. And so as we let patience work its way in our life, we are becoming a mature Christian. And I can tell you this. I don't know one mature Christian that's not a patient Christian. I don't know one. Any, anybody that I can look at and say, I would consider them to be a mature Christian. Every single one of them is somebody that's patient and doesn't get mad and blow up at God, blow up at church, blow up at the Bible every time things don't happen instantly. They're like, you know what? Hey, I am more determined than ever to fight this fight and win the victory through Christ Jesus. But mark my words, mature Christians are patient. And it tells us this right here, that as we're letting patience work its way and have its perfect work in our lives, you become perfect or mature and complete, lacking nothing. And so an, an immature Christian gives up when they don't get instant answers to their prayers. And there's some things that I've stood in faith on for years, you know, and 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 fought the fight on that. And th this much I know, whenever I've stuck with God and his word and fought the fight, I've won through him 100% of the time. I wouldn't say that. I'll say it. I'll say it again in cursive. I, I'm not afraid to say that. Listen to me. Every time that I've done things God's way, God's way, I've had a lot of failures in life, but upon looking back on those failures, every single time was when I was doing it my own way. And I'm not, you know, I don't have too much pride to admit, hey, I screwed that up by trying to handle it my way. But every single situation, leukemia, my dad having cancer, marriage trouble, every single thing, 100% of the time, when I have done it God's way, have always secured the victory because we always triumph in Christ Jesus. We are strong in the Lord and in the power of his might. And so people are like, man, just stay strong. I'm just trying to stay strong. I'm like, what? What are you talking about? I'm trying to stay strong. Listen, I'm not trying to be strong. I'm trying to be strong in the Lord and in the power of his might. Because I found out there is a limit to my strength. There is a limit to my emotional strength, my intellectual strength, my physical strength, my whatever strength. There's limits. 
but his strength is limitless. And I can be strong in the Lord all day long when I'm doing things his way. All right, let's look at this one, Isaiah chapter 55. Isaiah 55, we're talking about faith and patience and inheriting the promises of God, man. Who wants to walk in the promises of God? So Isaiah 55, we're going to look here at verse 11. Isaiah 55, verse 11. So I am seriously encouraging you and challenging you tonight to develop your patience. Start with the little things, but develop your patience and don't give up and throw a fit when things don't happen right away. Stick with this thing. Isaiah 55 and verse 11. I remember back when um, Katie and I first got married, I had the uh, uh, illustrious job of working at Hardee's, the, the Carl's Jr., right? And so I was, <laughs> anyway, I lost my job like a week before we got married. And I had a decent job for, you know, a little 18-year-old punk. But I, I had this job and I lost it. And so I'm like, oh, man, here I am. You know, I'm getting ready to marry this teenage girl. You know, we were both 18, getting ready to turn 19. And I lose my job. And talk about being scared. I was terrified that her dad was just going to, like, take me out to the pond and throw me in. I, I mean, I was scared. So the only job I could find was fast food, working at, at uh, Carl's Jr. at Hardee's. And one thing I remember, though, is it was so demeaning when people would come in and just – blow up at me over stuff that, like, you know, the corporate office tried to do, right? And and just, you know, hey, I'm t- why are you guys taking so long today? Or I see you raised your – one time this old lady threatened me. She's like, you guys raised the price on that biscuit three cents. We're taking our business to McDonald's. Thank you very much. And I'm like, you realize, like, I'm the lowest guy. They didn't run the prices by me at all. Uh, nobody from Anaheim called Martinsville and said, can we talk to the new burger flipper? Hey, Dave, what do you think about if we just did like a three-cent price? No one ran that past me. Don't blow up on me about it. And it, I'm like, man, you're, you're foolish. You know, threatening me. Go to McDonald's. Please go over there. Get away. And so, but I just, and it, and it surprised me how impatient and mean people can be about something as simple as food. I mean, just blow up on you over food. And I'm encouraging you, develop your patience. You don't want to be some old person down there at McDonald's yelling at the teenage kid about the price of biscuits. Come on, man. Blowing up on somebody, you know, puking on their day. Don't do that. Develop your patience now while there's still time so you don't become that. Amen. Can we get a witness in here? All right. Anyway, praise God. Isaiah 55 and verse 11 in the New King James, it says, So shall my word be that goes forth from my mouth. His word that goes from his mouth, it shall not return to me void, but it shall accomplish what I please, and it shall prosper in the thing for which I sent it. And so as you're being patient in life, be patient with the word of God. Give it time. The word of God is a seed, and it always produces fruit. The word of God, it says that Jesus, he is the incorruptible seed. He's the seed that is incorruptible. He never fails. He, 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 there's never a dud in there. When we get the Bible and the word in our hearts, and we sow that seed of the word into an area, it always accomplishes, it never returns unto him void, and it always prospers in the thing for which he sent it. And so one thing about planting seeds is 
they don't just instantly grow up. You don't, you know, I grew up in farm country and my brothers are farmers and they plant a thousand acres of corn sometime in the springtime. And they don't get to actually reap that harvest until about October. And there's, there's, I mean, there's months where there's like, hey, well, I planted all this seed. I'm barely, I, I don't see anything at all. It's been three weeks now. I don't see nothing. Or it's been a month and it's just, it's just this tall. I mean, the, the seed must not work. I figured it out. Seed just simply does not work. No, it works. In fact, the Lord said in Genesis that as long as the earth remains, there will be seed time and harvest. It's always going to be here. And it's a, it's a scientific principle, but it's also a biblical principle that works spiritually and naturally. If you've got the right seed and you've got the word of God, so you've got the right seed and you've got the right soil, that means you've got a good soft heart. Listen, the right seed and the right soil always produce the right harvest in your life. Amen. And you've got to water that seed. Well, how do you water it? You keep speaking the word over it. You keep praising God even when it doesn't look like anything's happening. You keep watering that seed, and it always produces fruit. His word shall never return unto him void. But if we just go out and we, listen, here's one thing we see too. People plant the seeds, all right? They, you know what, Pastor, I've got a Bible verse. I, I'm planting this seed. And then what happens? A week later, they dig it up. Oh, I, I doubt it. I don't think nothing's going to happen for me. What just happened? You dug the seed up that you planted. And then you got to plant it again. you got to start all over sometimes. And you can't, a, a good farmer doesn't just dig it up and trash it every, when it doesn't happen right away. Faith and patience inherit the promises. If you planted the word in your heart over healing, over finances, over your family, stick with it. Don't dig it up with your words. Don't trash it. Don't defy God. Don't get mad at God Almighty over it. Hey, his process works. You just got to give it some time every now and then. And so as you're working this out through faith and patience, you'll inherit the promises, and his word will never, ever, ever return unto him void. When the seed is planted... There are things happening beneath the surface that you can't see. Well, I don't see anything yet. Give it time. There are things happening. God's moving in areas that you can't even see yet. He's got things going on beneath the surface. Roots are going down. Things are happening. And before you know it, you're going to see some results start popping up through the ground, through you know, in your life. And, 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 and it's going to happen. There's things taking place. If you're doing this right and you're you're watering that seed, you're praying, you're sticking with the word on it, there are things taking place beneath the surface in your life right now that you can't see just yet. But if you won't dig it up, if you won't trash the whole process, it will pay off. You will reap the harvest. And so I I guess I do have time to cover a little bit more ground. The final area I'm going to talk about is this. We need patience with other people. We need patience with other people. And, you know, if you've been praying for someone and you aren't seeing the results yet, don't give up on them. Don't say, well, that's no, they're no good. I knew it. Don't do that. Don't, don't do that. Stick with it. The word works. God doesn't lie. God hasn't given up on that person just like he didn't give up on you. 
thank God, I mean, now that you're perfect, it's hard to believe. But before you reach this level of perfection, I mean, you know, it was God didn't give up on you, right? And so I'm just encouraging you right now that, hey, don't give up when you're standing in the gap for someone. I'm really glad that my great-grandma didn't give up on my dad, right? I mean, my great-grandma was the only Christian in that family, and she didn't give up even when it looked like nothing was happening. And praise God, she stuck with it, and my dad came to Jesus when he was 28 and a half years old, right? You've heard his, I've heard his story so many times. January 29th, 1980, I gave my life to Jesus. Hallelujah, praise God. And so he gave his life to the Lord, but she didn't give up. Look at Galatians chapter 6 with me. Let's, let's close this thing out back in the New Testament. Galatians chapter 6. Galatians chapter 6. So you need faith and patience in everyday life. You need it in the trials that come your way, and you need it with other people till they become as awesome as you are. Galatians 6 and verse 9. And we'll read this here in the King James. Galatians 6. In verse 9, and it tells us that, man, this is a powerful verse. You need to, you need to know this because there's some times that you're going to have to remind yourself of this. It says, and let us not be weary in well-doing. Why? For in due season we shall reap if we faint not. If we faint not. Now, that's a promise from God right there. In due season we shall reap. That is a promise from God, we shall reap in due season if we faint not. Well, what when's due season? I don't know when that I don't know when it is either. God decides that, but guess what? It's real and it exists. And I'm not gonna say uh, that's just they made that up. Due season isn't even real because I ain't seen it yet. There's a lot of things I ain't seen yet, but guess what? I still believe they're real. I believe that heaven is more real than this place that I live right now. And I've never seen it just yet, but I believe it's real. And guess what? Due season for your life is real, and God has a time for you to reap that harvest if you faint not. And I often wonder, how many people were this close to their miracle and their breakthrough, and they gave up? They threw in the towel when they were this close to the breakthrough. Don't give up. You will reap in due season if you faint not. And I, I encourage us with that, that due season does always come, but we can't throw in the towel. You can't throw it in. You've got to stick with it. God's not a liar, and he will come through for you. Amen? All right, I see that I've got time for one more verse. I'm loving this, man. We're doing good. Hebrews chapter 10. Hebrews chapter 10. Oh, hey, we did you a real solid tonight. We've given you like eight verses or something for you to look up. I hope you wrote these down. So you can read these on your own time. You know, you should be a, you need to be a note taker at church. My parents always taught me that. And it's wonderful to be able to go back and look at these Bible verses all over again. That's, hey, I like leftovers. You know, some people are like, we're not having leftovers tonight. I'm like, hey, it was great yesterday. Chili's even better when you microwave it the next day, right? Hey. And so this uh, you may have enjoyed these verses now, but you'll enjoy it even more tomorrow. So, Hebrews chapter 10, and we're going to look at verses 35 and 36. Hebrews 10, verses 35 and 36. And we'll be in the NLT here, my favorite translation. Hebrews 10, verses 35 
and 36. It says, so do not throw away this confident trust in the Lord. What should I do with my confident trust in the Lord? Well, don't throw it away. (laughs) That's for sure. Remember the great reward it brings you. Look at this. Patient endurance is what you need now so that you will continue to do God's will. Then what happens? Then you will receive all that he has promised. You need patient endurance. And as you endure and as you stay patient and as you don't throw it all away in the trash can, as you stick with Jesus, as you water the seeds that have been planted through faith and patience, you will receive all that he has promised. And I'm telling you now, it is a sweet day. It is a sweet victory when you finally secure that win. And you're like, thank you, Jesus, that I didn't give up. The times that I was tempted, the times that people told me to quit, the times that my mind and my everything said quit, the devil said quit, everybody said quit. And I said, no, I've got a promise from God's word. I'm not quitting When you stuck with it and you get the victory, it's a sweet day to rejoice in the Lord. And so I encourage you tonight, through faith and patience, you will inherit the promises. You will reap in due season if you faint not. Don't give up. Stay patient and don't give up and the answer will come. Amen. Hallelujah. All right, let's go ahead and stand up together tonight. Praise God. Praise the Lord. Hallelujah. Isn't God good? Who knows that God's been really good to you? (laughs) The Lord has been way better to me than I deserve. He has been really, really, really good to me. And I love Jesus with all my heart. Praise God. Well, we're going to go ahead and wrap things up tonight and close down. Can you raise your hands? I want to pray over you tonight. Father, in the name of Jesus, we thank you, Lord, for everybody that's here. Lord, everybody watching online. And God, I know that you are speaking to us tonight about this topic of patience, Lord. And I know that this is an area, it's a gift to us, God. It's not a burden. It's not something that you threw at us to, to just, you know, make life hard. Patience is a beautiful gift that you've given us, Lord. It helps us appreciate things. It it helps us to understand things better. It helps us to develop our faith and grow and be stronger and be more like you. And so, God, I thank you that this discipline and this fruit of patience is growing in our lives. And, God, I know that you will give us opportunities to develop this patience, help us to not be mad at you or to be mad at somebody else, but to develop this And we're going to be stronger Christians for you. And we know that when you come back, you said, hey, when the Son of Man comes back, will he find faith on the earth? He will find faith in Barstow because we are going to do things your way in the mighty name of Jesus. Use us this week for your glory. In Jesus' name. Can somebody say amen tonight? Amen. All right. Well, we want to remind you to be here Sunday. We're going to have a great time once again studying the Word of God and singing His praises. It's going to be awesome. And, of course, uh, the T-shirt challenge, it wraps up this weekend. So you got to do that before Sunday so you've got to get a chance to be involved, all right? Let's go ahead, and we are going to speak some words of faith over Barstow. Who wants to help me tonight? Oh, no, 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 I, I got I to gotta get, I, gotta, I, I want James to help me, because this guy, look at this, this guy right here, come on, come on. Hmm. <laughs> All right, now I know he is a repeat helper, he's helped me a lot of times, but James, are you shy? 
Yes. I'll stop that. Oh, whoa, whoa. This guy is... <laughs> Get over here. All right, now, scratch that from the record. This is the least shy person I've ever met. Okay, you ready, buddy? You're going to speak the, speak it for us, all right? We declare that Bars blessed city our families are blessed our churches are blessed our churches are blessed Bristol is healed Barstow is safe Barstow is safe Barstow is strong Barstow is surrounded by the walls of God's salvation Barstow is full of love joy and peace Barstow is full of the glory of God Barstow is coming to Jesus in Jesus name in Jesus name amen